The Brighton Festival Fringe, an eventful Brighton podcast. We've retired Andy today. Um, He's just holding the mic and uh, I'm here, I'm Sarah, and I'm here with Yael and Claire, (laughs) I've got the names right, from the Caravan Ensemble. Hi. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And we're just going to um, find out a bit about what they're going to be doing in the Brighton Festival Fringe this year. Um, Now, let me just explain why I'm actually doing the interview today rather than Andy. It's because I was lucky enough to see one of their productions at the White Night that was held down here at the end of October, which was a great day, a great evening, should I say. And um, I'd have to describe your, your show. It's more of an experience. It's like going on an adventure. Um, would you agree with that? <laughs> oh yes, thanks God you said that. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's my aim really with the ensemble is to make performances that are not just the audience come comes sit down, see something, and then go to eat some chips. Or I, I really have in mind this wish to have an experience for the audience that something is transformed for the performers and for the audience, and there's an experience that is happening for for both of them together. I mean, it was very much an experience. I'll just explain what happened. I I was actually with my two children and we got a bus at about 11 o'clock at night and we were all packed onto this bus. We were sitting on the floor, (laughs) which is great fun. It's important to say that it's the big lemon bus. It was the big lemon bus, yes. And we were all on there and we all sat, you know, the ones who didn't have seats sat on the floor and we were entertained by a, a lady who had a... I think she was French, yes. and she had this big red heart that was glowing, um, and we were singing French songs, and <laughs> she was telling us to hide when we went past the police station and duck under the bridge. And uh, So by the time we actually got to the... It was at the coachworks, we were all in high spirits, and then we were led into this... Well, it's an old garage, isn't it, the coachworks? It used to be a coach garage, yeah, yeah, it used to, which was converted into studio spaces... Yeah, and then um, we all squeezed in there, and then the show began, and it was just light and sound and some wonderful effects. I mean, I particularly love the one where they're running along the back with the hands and the light would follow it. And and the one that amazed my daughter and I was when the chap was standing under the ladder with the light, and he was reading, and he had... um, Something, it looked like flour, I don't know what it was, being dropped onto him, and it was like he was ageing. In yeah. front of your eyes. Mm. How he didn't sneeze, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Years of practice under the flower. <laughs> but it was certainly visually, um, you know, the dancing and the lights and everything. It was very entertaining. Mm. Um, so what are you doing this year in the festival? <laughs> well, actually, this year we are going to develop this piece um, because uh, it was called in the White Night, A Light Through the Night. Um the um, the theme for this year's white, white night was enlightening enlightenment yeah uh, enlightenment wasn't in, it yeah. yeah so because we were working very closely with i mean since i was based in coachworks um when there was a performing space there now it's converted into studio spaces I really wanted to find a relationship with the community of Hollingdean, which is considered to be a a deprived community, uh, because we kind of have the tendency as artists, and especially in a small 
place like Brighton to perform in front of our colleagues. <laughs> so it's artists for artists. And um, I really have the feeling that a lot of people don't know what is performance nowadays, um, especially people that don't get a chance to go to see many performances. So I really tried with the ensemble to find different ways how to engage this community, not by just putting flyers at their doors and saying, it's a great show just around the corner, but how they can take part of the inspiration of the show or how they can take part in the process of the creation, like we did last year, giving youth workshops um, to the Hollingdean youth and then doing little performances, especially for the youth, inspired by things that we, we have done with them during these workshops. So this time I thought um, I really wanted to work. I am crazy about lights. Um I've been a solo performer now for more than 12 years and lights are normally, normally my, my partners and it really helps to change atmosphere and even, even light outside of the theatre, let's say, um, I think is one of the things that I'm most sensitive to. Um, and coach work was almost always very limiting because there's no, there's two theatre lights, that's all. And A Sheep of Fool last, last year was a great challenge to do a whole performance of th three and a half hours where there's no any effect that I could right. hide behind and it all has to be just live performance and the, the energy of the performers and that was great. But I really wanted to try a way how I could still find the, the, the little games with light and darkness and shadows and um, especially with this theme of um, enlightenment. Uh, so then I don't know how it happened. Just one day this idea dropped into my, my head that it would be interesting to try to borrow and um, uh, collect lamps and light sources from the neighborhood of Hollingdean and to interview the people um, as well about stories related to this specific lamp or stories, they memories about experiences they had with light and darkness in their life. Um, And because of Marion, the French, uh, because thanks to Marion, the French performer in our company that is definitely the owner of the bus. She's the queen of the bus. Yes. <laughs> She's also very good in, in human relations. So she literally just knocked on the doors one by one with Tristan Shaw, that is our composer. Uh, he recorded the stories and she charmed the people into g giving us the, the lamps and the, yeah. and the light sources. So... Then we collected about 20 different lamps and about 15 different stories. Um, parallelly, I knew, I knew already what kind of a theme I wanted to, to, um, uh, to work with, which uh, I can say now, um, after all these years of being on this planet, uh, that normally my theme is life and death, basically. Just the cycles, that's... Mm. That's a cycle that I think is is repetitive and that touches all of us. Um, so it it was really about this main protagonist, the main character, um, and how from childhood through reading a book, is opening the book and all his life is is revealed to him. And at the end, this um, I will not say flower, this magical powder that is like yes. snow <laughs> falling from the sky. Um, Makes, makes it, gives him the experience and time and he becomes older and I will not say the end thank you also for not saying the end um, 
So, and then we try to combine how these stories and these lamps, how we can work with them, how we can um, create different atmospheres. The, the ensemble is a wonderful group of, um, at the moment, seven performers from, I think, five or six different nationalities. Um, so we decided also to record our stories of our experiences with light and darkness um, in five or six different languages. Right, because I know there was some, some other languages used... Um, on the White Knight one, wasn't there? there was, yeah. Yeah. So, so that was members of the cast, was it? Yes. Yeah. And and in this way, when we combined all the material together, as as usual, in if it happens in the good sense, because it's not as usual that it happens, but when it does happen, you really, I myself feel, oh my God, how did this happen? <laughs> mm-hmm. And and I I really felt that some some magic was happening in this show. And I really believe that it was also because of how we put together materials that come from an honest um, place for many different people and then they just become one thing. I don't know, always in in television when I see lots of people singing one song together and I don't know if it's in Olympic Games or in a big uh, um, concert, it's something that really moves me when many people are together, not because they are told to do something and they have to, but because they really share something mm-hmm. of themselves. Um, so because in The White Knight it was only 25 minutes piece, um, and I felt that the, we had such a little time to create it. I really wanted to do something deeper, longer, um, and also to find ways, which we do with the ensemble as well, to how to interact with the audience as well on, in a site-specific um, sense. So when the people come, they don't just go and sit down, but they have... They, they are led into this universe from the moment that they step into the space. So that's what we're doing now. Now we, we're going a little bit deeper and, and researching. And now we also work in um, West Hill Community Hall, which is in Seven Dials. Right. Because Coachwork is not a venue anymore. And then... Um, yeah, West Hill Hall, Compton Avenue. Yeah. Brighton. Yeah. And yeah, if you do come to this venue, by the way, do not look at Google because Google map is wrong. (laughs) It puts it on another street. And I I myself have arrived many times to the to the venue and and just couldn't find it. Now I know it. (laughs) But it's it's right. It's Compton Avenue, which is just um, parallel to the street that um, that Google says it's on. Uh, It's a lovely community hall, um, really on Seven Dial Crossing. And so we will have it for the whole month uh, to to create the piece, and we will have eight performances during the the fringe there. Right, and I see you've got the big lemon bus involved again. But of course, <laughs> <laughs> first of all, because it's up the hill, and it is a, well, Seven Dial is quite central for Brighteners, but is, for yeah. people that come, especially for the festival, they 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 are just around the seafront, the lanes, and really central mm-hmm. Brighton, um, Corn Exchange, New Road, all that area. So the idea with the big lemon bus was. Um, I, I was not allowed to say this, but for what I call lazy audiences that say, oh, it's five minutes away. Mm, let's stay here in the center. So yeah. I thought, well, I think it was good because it got people out because you had that offer of the bus to take you there and drop you back. So I thought, well, I'll go and see what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah, so um, it really worked when we did it last year. Yeah. And then we did it for the White Night, and now we're going to work with them again, um, even though 
the West Hill Hall is a little bit more central, but still it's up the hill and still it's a bit difficult to find it. So people and also, I, I'd say that if you want the full experience, go yeah. on the bus Absolutely. because, you know, that, that's half of the journey of the, you know, going on the bus and wondering what's going to happen. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely also think that when you speak about site-specific, it means that it means it doesn't mean but for me the experience is that each space really transforms us relating to the memories we have in that specific space and when people sit on a bus and someone like Marion uh, starts to activate them with different with her crazy ideas um, they just they become like kids or yeah. or like this feeling of an adventure you're going somewhere but you don't know where you're going so I think it's really the fact that you are sitting on a bus that is not a normal bus it's yellow it's a little bit vintage and 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 then suddenly people sit one next to the other that they're um, told to sing the national anthem or yes. they're told to go yeah. uh, into the bus with um, the grandmother's footstep and they just do it they just love it because it's they they, be, they become kids and I believe that kids are more open to receive something yeah. is already starting an openness and you feel a bit naughty as well because you're all being crammed onto this bus and you're thinking well normally they're not allowed this number on the bus and <laughs> all we've got to hide and, <laughs> <laughs> but you get this feeling of uh, <laughs> oh where are we going yeah and you said it does create memories i mean i went with with my two children and if nothing else they'll remember the excitement of getting on a bus in what seemed like the middle of the night not knowing where they were going mm. yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is nice. I think we are so, for me, it's so important with these performances of the ensemble, also of my work, but the ensemble is really a great opportunity to try it. Is, um, people really like the images because it's very visual, as you say, a lot of yes. things are, are very visual. But I think it's also, as performers, all we can give is not something material. Uh, we are really gav- giving something that stays with the people in another way. So how to, to, to create it that it's, Again, like I say before, this openness is created, so already you have a way to to put something in this openness or share something, and how to really give them an experience that after, like you say about your kids, they can remember, oh, it's the big lemon bus, do you remember, mom, that we went there on that night? Yeah. So this is what I really wish to give to the audience, is, is an experience, something that that will remain with them in a non-material way. Yeah. yeah. It was also when we arrived... It was this welcome in, this feel of coming in, coming in, come and come and see, you know, and you yeah. felt really welcome um, to be there. Whereas sometimes you go somewhere and you're a bit kind of think nervous, thinking what's going on and mm. um, should I be going in here? And but it was oh, come in, sit down, find a seat. She's <laughs> <laughs> at the front there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very difficult for me, actually. It's the first time because in The Sheep of Fools, I did perform with a company and, and it's the first time that I decided because of the sh- small amount of time that we had that I'm not going to perform. And uh, and I don't know, because I don't have kids, but I can only imagine how it is to go and see a show of your kids. I don't know, a ballet or a pantomime. Or I don't know what. But this excitement, like you feel you, you know, oh my God. They, they. So I had to kind of bring the audience in. All this excitement was like <laughs> real. You know, I was, It was real sitting there with the audience seeing it again and again. Sometimes after the show, I didn't know what to, to say because there was a lemon bus that could take them back home, but they just had an experience, how much to wait. What, you know it was really very very exciting and I thought well <clears throat> maybe next time I will perform no I will not mm, which one of the two I like most because it's it is very festive and very exciting as well when you just 
can sit and 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 receive the audience and so and are you share performing this time or um i'm still, still not undecided? totally <laughs> sure yeah i i was invited to do um a solo piece for the um, southeast dance showcase in brighton festival in the pavilion um more or less in the middle of the run with the company so i'll have to see what makes sense um if i perform or not and yeah i have some ideas about something that i might um be performing in in the show but i'm leaving it open at the moment yeah i think first first the ensemble yeah Claire, what's your role in all this then? You've been sitting there very quietly. <laughs> well, you know, it's hard to get a word in with her. Yeah, caravan. <laughs> she, my mouth on the She has it all sewn up, really. But um, I've been working with the AL because I met her um, in Coachworks over a year ago. And um, so I've been supporting her with the ensemble to uh, try and... Uh, develop uh, the opportunities to be able to carry on performing and making work and so we're really happy at the moment because we've just received a notification that we've uh, received a uh, arts council support for this next piece of work which is really great but aside of that I do practical stuff I guess so I'm here to make sure we um, tell everyone about it that everyone comes um, I'll be there alongside the whole process of it happening because I think one thing we forgot to talk about was the um, workshops we're offering three Three free um, workshops uh, to um, to the communities, both open to Hollingdean, um, because uh, so Hollingdean and then the community around the new venue, the new venue for us um, in Seven Dials. And um, because we had such a great relationship with um, the guys in Hollingdean and the Hollingdean um, Youth Trust um, and the, the community workers there, it's really important for us that we maintain that relationship with them and then try and bridge the, um, the, the, the different sort of locations and the communities around those different locations and venues together so the um, workshops will be open uh, to those um, to local residents and um, that will be very much working with you know all the members of the ensemble who have uh, you know a, a, a long list of uh, skills to to bring to the workshop so including music dance performance um, and various other things and working with the stories, as Yael talked about, and, and the lamps that we're collecting. So all of those, the associated stories with that. So the workshops will be happening on the weekends um, leading up to the show. And then aside of that, I'll be making sure the ensemble eat, um, maybe building a, a, a toilet here and there. I end up sort of getting my DIY kit out usually um, and uh, doing anything uh, that needs to be done. But... Um, that's it really oh, yeah, I think, yeah it's, it's just important to say that uh, of course um, all the the groundwork and all the the practical stuff and the production stuff and the administration um, nowadays we take it for granted that artists have to do it for themselves as well which which I'm still I must say do it as well but with Claire it has been an amazing partnership um, and it's it's just amazing that you can really um, work together with someone that understands your work that is inspired by your work which supports your work and it's been a really rich and an exciting adventure together mm. so as you know no we can't just dream we also have to have our feet on the ground mm. so I think 
it's it's this vertical and horizontal kind of balance that mm. that we're and it's really great because the process starts so early on you know before the final production so the through the process of making an application then you know even before you start writing it you're talking and 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 through the conversations with everyone then it's all becoming alive and sort of unfolding and taking form and shape so it's a really really amazing process for me to be part of because I'm always involved in production management and I'm not a performer myself so it's beautiful I love um, you know spending time talking with Yael and and the others uh, in hearing and and following how things sort of unfold and develop that's really lovely and then um also it our, our the group of the ensemble sort of attracts so many other people as well around us to support us so we're really fortunate because we have great volunteers that help us who are dear friends as well and just give so much time and enthusiasm and energy and then again this year we'll offer um, internships for um, new people that we haven't found yet um, to come and join us and and be part of the the gangs so. we have found a few but we still yes. want more oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. are greedy we yeah. want more yeah yeah we want we had a lovely team of four people now we have three but we think that maybe even more because it's so nice when more people can can take part of the process and even if it's just they're helping one day a week um again like i said before i really believe nowadays that the, there was a long time when we went individual, individual, and now, mm-hmm. maybe because also I was a solo performer for such a long time, now I really enjoy this, the power of the group, the energy of people together, how it contributes, how it, you really feel it, like a, a, a colorful steam coming out of, of the work. Yeah. Right, so we know it's the West Hill Hall, Compton Avenue, where you'll be performing, and the dates you're performing... So it's going to be on weekends, so three weekends, long weekends, 14, 15, 20, 21, 22, 27, 28, 29 of May. The performance starts at 8 p.m. at the venue, but as you've said before, and you are right, (laughs) I believe, uh, if you want to arrive to the venue, you can just arrive by yourself, but if you want to have the experience from the beginning, you can take the big lemon bus um, in front of the corn exchange at quarter to eight, 7.45, and the, the show will start on the bus. Right, and this is um, a ticketed show? It is a ticketed show, and tickets could be uh, purchased purchased through uh, the Fringe website, Um, and I think it's also the Dome phone line. Everything is on the the Brighton Fringe website, all the information. The show is called Anima this year, Um, and it all is there very well. arranged on their website really yeah you can also try to get tickets on the day if you want the we we have left a few tickets to the side for the people that are don't want to pay extra charges and uh, (laughs) and booking fees (laughs) and finally it's the uh fringe's fifth birthday this year um have you got a birthday message for them um a birthday message for the fringe what do you do when you're five normally? You can start reading as a child. <laughs> <laughs> yes, about reading, writing or something, yeah. no? Yeah. 
Well, I wish for it to, to go on. I think it's, it's, yeah, it's a great festival. It's a very lucky festival because I think Brighton is just filled with wonderful artists that all of them are very excited and enthusiastic about what they're doing. So I think, in a way, the Fringe is also this kind of opportunity to just see all these jewels that are around. Um, so go, go, go! Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much, um, Yale and Claire. <laughs> It's been a pleasure. And Thanks. Go and see them. I'm sure you'll be in for a delight. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Brighton Festival Fringe podcast. Please visit the website for the show at eventfulbrighton.org. Subscribe on iTunes to search for Brighton Festival Fringe podcast. Visit the Fringe website at www.brightonfestivalfringe.org.uk. The music is by We Are Swift at www.myspace.com slash weareswift. And the podcast is produced by Wireworld Media at www.wireworldmedia.co.uk. Thanks for listening.